Welcome to Fortress of Faith with Tom Wallace. Strengthening the Saints Against Islam's Assault on North America. Well, welcome back once again to the Corner of Truth and Courage. Today I want to talk to you about a passage that Muslims are using against Christians. Um, they go to two, two passages, John chapter 14 and John chapter 10, and they make a case, an argument, trying to trip up us Christians. And sometimes Christians don't know the answers to these issues, and they are left without an answer. Thus, the Muslim goes home thinking, I've got one on them. And we prove to them that their doctrine of the Trinity is false, that the Bible does not make sense, uh, this is a, an untruth, and so on there, the idea of the Trinity, and so on there. And the case that they make is, how can Jesus be God if in the Bible Jesus says that the Father is greater than he is? How can the Son, how can Jesus, if he's God, um, be less of a God? Do you have a lesser God and a greater God? So let me read these passages, and we'll get to these answers for us here today. And there's another question that kind of comes up with that. When Jesus said in John chapter 5, verse 30, I can of my own self do nothing. So today we're going to be talking about the apologetics, the answer that we give to these questions. So let's get into it here. In John chapter 14, verse 28, Jesus said, I go unto the Father, for my Father is greater than I. In John chapter 10, verse 29, um, Jesus says, My Father which gave them me is greater than all. So we have two passages that Muslims are throwing out there suggesting that Jesus cannot be God if there's a God greater than him. If the Father is greater than him, how can Jesus be God? And so the Muslims want to establish Jesus was not God. He never claimed to be God. He's only a man. You commit shirk, uh, the greatest sin, making someone equal with God. It's the unforgivable sin. And uh, therefore, Christianity is false. You are wrong. We Muslims are right. So what's our answer? How do we give? an answer to this polemic issue that Muslims are throwing at us. Now, by the way, this is also the same argument. They're learning their arguments from the other Christian cults like the Mormons and the Jehovah's Witnesses because these two groups attack the doctrines of the Trinity again and again and again. And so Muslim leaders are listening to these people, and now they're feeding this information to the Muslim community here in the West. And so we Christians better be prepared for an answer to these issues. We're going to cover that now. Now, the problem here is that these groups, the Muslims and the cults, willingly choose to not understand the role-playing of the Son and the role-playing of the Father in the part of the Trinity. The, what we're seeing here is clearly a perfect example of the Father playing His part and the Son playing His part. The Trinity is not only the doctrine of the essence of God and who He is, 
and his complexity, but it is also a great role example for us for the how a father should be and how a son should be. We want to emulate our God. And our God gives to us, even though we cannot be God or be holy like him, but he calls us to be holy. Uh, for I am holy, be ye. He wants us to be holy too. And he wants us to follow his example. And so we have a wonderful example of the father perfectly illustrating the role of being the head, showing leadership, showing guidance, wisdom, and love towards the son. Now the son, in return, gives a perfect illustration, a role playing of the of being obedient and loving and giving service to his father. Now let me be clear. This is not an issue of who is superior and who is inferior. The Muslims want to make it that. When Jesus says that the Father is greater than I, therefore he's superior and I am inferior. No, not at all. And I'll give you an example. The Bible gives us a great example of a man and a woman. A woman plays a role of being submissive, subjective to her husband. But that, and even though she has made a weaker vessel, as the Bible calls her in 1 Peter 3, 7, this does not place women as inferior to the man. When God created man and woman, he made them equal. Equal in essence and equal in substance. And he loves each equally. Now, the woman plays the role of being obedient and submissive to the leadership and the headship of her husband. 1 Peter 3, 1. Be subject to your own husbands. Colossians 3, 18. Submit yourself to your husbands. Ephesians 5, 22. Wives, submit to your own husbands. So the role playing. See, folks, you cannot have two heads. If you're going to have a happy home, you cannot have two heads. Things with two heads are monsters. Okay? There must be one head, one leads, and the other follows. You do not bring to a marriage a 50-50 partnership. That's what you get in a divorce, okay? You bring to a marriage 100%, 100%, but the woman has to play the role of submitting and yielding to the leadership of her husband. Now, he's got the duty and the responsibility on his shoulders to lead correctly. And if he's smart, he's going to seek the advice and wisdom of his wife. But when there are disagreements of which way to choose, the husband, his voice trumps. And so, therefore, he is the leading part in that relationship. But God gives us a verse in 1 Corinthians 11, verse number 3, that proves that men and women are not, not, not one is superior, not one is inferior, and it brings us back to the very issue that we started talking about, about Jesus, the Son, and God, the Father. And that verse is 1 Corinthians 11, verse number 3. And I'll read it for you. It says, But I would have you know that the head of every man is Christ. So the role of the father, the role of the husband, he is to be yielding, submitting to the headship, to the leadership of God. 
God the Son. Then it goes on. And the head of the woman is man. So here's the chain. We're seeing a, a chain of leadership. For the man, the husband, the father, his leader is God, God the Son. And below him in the leadership in the following uh, area is the woman. The head of the woman is man. So the woman follows the man. The man follows God. And then we get to this part. The verse ends with this. And the head of Christ is God, meaning God the Father. So Christ, he follows the leadership of the Father. So the Son follows the Father. Again, a great role example for us here. Now, certainly, is Christ less than God in this verse? No. It just he submits to the leadership of God the Father. And it's a submissive role-playing that we're seeing. This also explains for us the passage, another problematic passage that Muslims are throwing up, that Jesus claims to be powerless. How can Jesus be God if he's powerless? John chapter 5, verse 30. I can of my own self do nothing, Jesus said. Um, and again, Jesus is illustrating his role-playing. He has allowed God the Father carry certain roles and duties and areas of knowledge that God the Son does not have or share. Why? Because he's he plays the role of the Son, and the Holy Spirit carries out functions that God the Father and God the Son do not carry out. All right? This is not difficult for us as Christians at all to accept and understand because this is the nature of God as we understand him. Now, Jesus has certain areas he does not have knowledge of. Like, for example, Mark chapter 13, verse 32. It says, but of the day and the hour, speaking of his return, the return of the Son of Man, when, when, when Jesus returns, but of the day and hour, no one knows. So if you ever have anyone out there setting dates and saying Jesus is going to come on this day, <laughs> uh, run. These people are false prophets, and we've had a few of these people out there, and it's laughable that people even try to do that stuff because the Bible's very clear on that. No man knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. So here again, the Father has knowledge in areas that the Son doesn't. This does not make him superior and Jesus inferior. It's just that the role of the Father, there's certain things he has control of that the Son does not need to handle in his role in the Godhead. All right. So the model of Jesus playing the role of the Son is well explained to us in Philippians chapter 2. So when Muslims bring these things up, take them to Philippians chapter 2 verses 6 through 8. And here you see the role of Jesus. And it explains it well. Who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. He had every right to stay equal with God the Father. But verse 7 says, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of man. And being found in the fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death. So the son plays the role of being obedient. He humbles himself. He takes on that form, that likeness. 
and it was something he chose to do. Now, it's not beyond God's omnipotence to do this, nor is it a conflict of God breaking any of his moral attributes to do this. It's simply surrendering some of his abilities to the Father for the 33 years he was here on earth. And this is where it would be a great point to mention to our Muslims the doctrine of Tanzi. Remember Tanzi, declaring that God can transcend all things. God has the ability to transcend the natures of our law. However, though, they go on to say that Allah is incomparable. Well, we disagree with that. We believe that he can transcend. God can transcend all things, the laws of his creation. But he is very comparable because he is comparable to us in his creation. He's relatable and he's also personable, although Allah is not. He's none of those things. Well, folks, before we close, let me just quickly remind you that our ministry is a faith-operated ministry. We are able to turn this microphone on and to put it on your radio station only because of the donations and support of our listeners. Would you consider helping us with a donation? We fell into the summer slumps. We did not have a great spring fundraiser. We didn't quite catch up with all our goal that we were hoping for, but we had a bit of a drop-off from some of our regular donors in the summer. That happens from time to time. Would you consider helping us with a donation by giving us a call? The number is 800-616-0082. That's 800-616-0082. Or you can give safely, securely online at fortressoffaith.com. Join us again tomorrow at the corner of Truth and Courage.